0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Gals and a Mic podcast. I'm your host, Sue Curver, and today I'm speaking with Shannon Phelan, who's a nurse, a clinical instructor, a loving dog mama, and an all-around super impressive woman. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. You have a background in both social work and in nursing. That's Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So- I'm curious to know, like you ended up choosing nursing instead of social work. So, tell us a little bit about your path to becoming a registered nurse and why you chose to go into nursing instead of staying in the world of social work.
1: Um, So, nursing is something that I've always wanted to do. It's something that, honestly, since I was a child, I've always kind of said, "Oh, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a nurse." I Applied to one nursing school, very limited option for myself, um, in high school, and I didn't get in. So I was like, oh, this is the universe telling me that, you know, maybe I should try something different. So I decided to go into social work, and I really enjoyed that, and I worked as a substance abuse um, and mental health case manager for a little while, and I absolutely loved that um, doing home visits and, and taking people to their appointments, whatever it is that they needed to get them the good care that they deserve. Um, but as I was doing it, I just had this little thing in the back of my head that what if I would have gone to nursing school and I don't want to go through life with any what if. So I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And if it works out, it was meant to be, if it doesn't, at least I tried. So when you got
0: into nursing, did you continue with um, the vein of substance abuse, or did you go into a different sort of area of nursing?
1: I had some clinicals in nursing school that kind of went that route, because there is some substance abuse as well that I deal with, but um, in the ICU. So I started in the ICU when I graduated, and that is all I've done till now. You have been in the nursing field for how
0: long now? About five years. Five years. And then your time in the ICU, that included time during COVID-19, right? So that had to be pretty, that must've been something, but you ended up choosing a different direction post COVID-19. And now your role focuses on training the next generation of nurses. So like, what is that all about? What do you do? How does that work? How do you How do you train this next generation?
1: So this is a program that I actually went through when I graduated. So I've kind of come full circle going back to it. But it's anywhere from five to eight weeks, depending on specialty. sometimes a little bit more. Um, We go over the basic hospital ins and outs, policies, things they should know, and just kind of recapping a lot of nursing school. And then we have a week that's dedicated just to skills. So we go through and we do all of the hands-on aspects with the actual equipment and um, packages that will be in the hospital with the new grads. And then we do a simulation week, which I absolutely love is probably my favorite week. And we have multiple different scenarios where we set the new grads up in teams and they go into the room, get bedside report. Um, We have a whole scenario from beginning to end where they kind of have to figure out what's going on And depending on what path they take is how the outcome of it will be. So it really helps them to put everything together and really just start to build those critical thinking skills that um, they really need in the hospital.
0: So do all nursing programs offer this or is this something unique to, uh, to the program that you're involved with?
1: There are some other hospital companies that offer some type of a residency program. This one, to my knowledge, is the most in-depth with all the things that we involve in it, with the skills and the simulations and and all that stuff. It's a bit longer, a little more in-depth. And then once they're done with our portion of our hands-on simulation policy-type things, they move into the hospital with a preceptor for a period of time on the floor to be actually trained in the hospital further. Wow.
0: So why did you choose to go into training? I mean, you go from the ICU into training these scenarios. That's kind of a, it's kind of a leap.
1: You know, like you said, I worked in the ICU during COVID and it was definitely uh, an experience that, um, you know, can sometimes tire you out just a little bit. So I needed just a change um, just for a little while. So I felt ready to go back and I've loved teaching since I started. Um, Once I learned and I got, you know, practice under my belt, I was able to take um, nursing students throughout the day for their clinicals, some new grad nurses that I trained myself in the facility. And I just, I always loved teaching. I feel like nursing can sometimes have a culture of like, eat your young. And we're working really hard to change that. And one of the ways that we can change that is by starting from their very beginning in the residency and showing them that, you know, we're all coworkers, they're all new, they can really just start with at least a little bit less worry of like having to, you know, be tossed into situations alone. So I always wanted to do that for them and just kind of be at least some sort of a calming place, even if it's just when they were in nursing school for them to be able to learn stuff without like the fear of messing up and somebody yelling at them.
0: What are you seeing as far as impacts from this?
1: Um, So after, or I guess while they're in the the hospital with their nurse on the floor for preceptorship, we do get to make some phone calls um, to check in and, and see how they're doing. And a lot of the feedback we get is just, you know, how beneficial the program was for, that, for them, how some of their friends from nursing school didn't have this and they wish that they would have because they feel more prepared. It's just, it's really good to see because they kind of leave our portion with this like really nice confidence because they've put it all together and they feel really great. And it just gives them a little bit of a step up before they step into the hospital where, it's, you know, whatever situation walks through the door.
0: Did you have any stories? That you can share, like maybe a particular story or someone that really stood out to you where you know, like, man, because of this, that was a huge impact and this person is going to be successful.
1: I have uh, quite a few examples, but one that I'll share, I had one resident in particular who was very shy, very nervous, absolutely knew what they were doing, but was just so afraid to be wrong that they wouldn't. Say much at all. At one period, he asked me how he could quit, and I asked him. I was like, "Why? Like, what's going on? Why do you want to leave? Like, what's happening?" And he was like, "I just I'm scared. I don't think this is for me." And I was like, "Well, why don't we give it some more time? What can I do to help you?" And we talked about what to do, and and he was very nervous for his NCLEX, and so we talked about ways to prepare for that and he went and took his test he came back went through his simulation week and he was so so happy and so outgoing he talked more than i had heard him speak the entire time i had known him in that short period and i jokingly asked him do you still want me to tell you how to quit because i wouldn't tell him because i was like we're not doing that yet and he was like no thank you i'm staying." I actually just got updated last week. He graduated from the full year residency program and he's just doing fabulous.
0: So is that the best part of this new role for you or is there something else that you feel like really resonates and is like the best part of what you're doing?
1: There's so many good parts, but I I would have to say the best part is just seeing those light bulbs go off, seeing them succeed and just feel confident and comfortable throughout the whole process. It's great to watch them from beginning to end.
0: (laughs) What you haven't really talked about, um, but I know just in our own conversations, is that you have to do a lot of travel with this job, (laughs) right? And so do you have a favorite place that you've gone to?
1: Ooh, that is tough. I have a very hard time deciding between Denver, Colorado. Absolutely loved it there. It was beautiful. Same thing for Salt Lake City. Absolutely stunning. The students I met there in both places were just amazing. And I would go back anytime. You're traveling
0: a lot. You're pouring yourself in to these new grads and you're giving all of your your knowledge and your experience and your skill sets. But I would imagine that that has to make balancing life and things like dating really hard. So I'm curious to know, like, how do you create space and time for other desires of your heart that are not work-related?
1: So it's definitely tricky. You know, sometimes we travel uh, consistently every other week. Sometimes we'll have to travel multiple weeks in a row. Um, But what is great is is the way that they do our schedule is they try to give us as much time at home as they can. So we can have that work-life balance. But when I am traveling a lot, I do just try to, you know, pack some things into my weekend so I can see all of my people and just kind of take some time for me away from work and, and really just reconnect with everybody home.
0: So we're talking about balance, right? And I think that that's just one thing that we can find um, to be tricky sometimes, especially when we are very driven and we have uh, careers that are going really, really well. But outside of your work, you said you said before when we were talking earlier in the podcast that uh, you just don't want to have any regrets. Like you just want to make sure that you've covered your bases. So, what's one thing that you would like to do or to try that you haven't done yet? Like, what's on your bucket list?
1: Um. So two things that are kind of high up on my bucket list. I really want to go skydiving. I've wanted to do that for a while. I just think it would be a really cool experience. And then I also want to make it to all 50 states. This job has helped me to travel to a lot of them. I have met people across the U.S. and I'd love to go visit all of them. (laughs) Well, you know, you're welcome in Bozeman. Anytime you'd like to come. I'd love to see you. Thank you. I actually started a magnet collection when I started this job. So I have a magnet from every place that I've been, which is really awesome. It's given me a lot of opportunities for that. But I'd like to be able to travel to all 50 states. I think that would be one of my bigger goals. How close are you? You know, I haven't counted. I'm not as close as I'd like to be. Just off the top of my head, I'm thinking 20. Well, that's pretty good. Is there anyone that
0: you're really thinking about that you want to have as your, uh, I'd love to do that next or in the very near future?
1: I really, really want to go to Alaska and see the Northern Lights. And so I would love to do that in the near future, because I know there's a time of the year where you can't see them. I would like to go there sooner rather than later. I think it would be really cool. And
0: then how about the skydiving thing?
1: Where Where I... does that come from? I know one of my friends uh, did it when she was in Australia and she was just talking about how amazing of an experience it was. And I had thought about it before, but I was like, I don't do well with heights. So this seems, you know, a little backwards, but I, Try not to let my fear of heights prevent me from doing anything. So I went ziplining and I absolutely loved that. And I feel like skydiving is a little along those lines, hanging high in the air. <laughs> I'd just like to try it out. And I, I think it would be a really fun experience. So we're kind of talking about this.
0: Um, I mean, these are your bucket list things. So these are your your big hopes and dreams. What about what's next? Like what is on your near-term horizon and what is a little further in the future?
1: Career-wise, I am really trying to search for more ways to help not only nurses, but physicians and other healthcare professionals with their mental health within the facilities that they work in. I think a lot of companies give access to their employees for mental health services, but I feel like sometimes there's a lot of missed opportunities for discussing some of those traumatic events that we might see after they happen and going through it to help people process, having a safe place they can go and talk to somebody that they know and they're familiar with, and just so many other things that I feel like would be Really beneficial in supporting those healthcare professionals, especially after a thing like COVID nineteen. Um, I feel like the mental health support could never be enough, and so I'd love to add to it. And I'm trying to navigate and figure out a way to do that from what I'm doing now, or or potentially shifting um, to a different position if possible. Do you feel like the environment,
0: just the healthcare environment, is conducive to that? Are they open? to really looking at mental health for providers?
1: I feel like in the the years before COVID, maybe not. But now that COVID has happened and we've seen such a massive burnout rate and a lot of people leaving the profession just because of not only mental health reasons, but just exhaustion and, and staffing issues. What more of a time to be open to it than now when it's something that we so desperately need?
0: Do you talk about that or bring that up when you're doing your training with these new grads that are coming in? I mean, is this part of the dialogue?
1: I personally do. Yes. Um, We have some things built into the program about resiliency and self-care, but I try to go a little bit deeper and I, I very much stress to them how important it is that they need to take care of themselves and fill their cup before they can go in and take care of other people. It's, so important that we take care of ourselves first is how we're going to be able to give the best care to our patients. And so I stress that to them consistently.
0: I love that because I don't think that we hear that enough. I really personally think that when you say you have to take care of yourself first, that there's this connotation that that might be selfish, which I completely disagree, but I'm curious to know your take on this idea of self-care. What does that mean or even look like? Like, do you have any practical thoughts or advice on how people could implement that? Yeah, I feel like
1: I learned a lot while working in the hospital that I just, like you said, I felt selfish to take time for me and try to fill up my cup. And so over the, the past year, really, I've figured out ways to do that. So taking some extra time for me um, even if it's blocking it into your schedule to do something that you really want, uh, read a book, go on a walk, spend more time with Myla, my puppy, <laughs> whatever it is that I can do to kind of regain some of, you know, my sanity and have some time with myself. I also really enjoy being with my friends and family, so I make time to build that into my schedule as well so that I can feel my very best and then be able to, you know, care for others.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so different for everybody, right? I mean, I have this routine that I do now, which includes uh, going to the gym and just trying to look at good nutrition and even just breathing. Sometimes I think if you can just take a minute and breathe and it, it sounds so simplistic, but I think it's exactly what you're talking about. You have to figure out ways to provide, that care and regeneration for yourself so that you have the ability to give that back to others. Exactly. That's that's amazing. So that's some advice it sounds like you would give to your to your new graduates, but I'm also curious to know, do you have any advice that you would give to our listeners who may be considering a career in nursing?
1: It is worth it. Nursing school is definitely tough, but The rewarding feeling that you get from just taking care of patients and their families and seeing them succeed and get better and go home, it's just something that I haven't found anywhere else. It's just very satisfying to know that you've made such a difference in someone else's life. I would say no matter what point of your life you're in, if that's something you're interested in, to go for it. There's a lot of different nursing programs out there. Some of them require prerequisites and some of them don't. If you work in the hospital as maybe like a tech or something like that, not only are you getting experience there, but then you're, you're getting um, some help financially to do those prerequisites. But I think, you know, just any good amount of research will give you an insight into what's going to work best for you.
0: So Shannon, you mentioned that part of your self-care is that you like to also read. So what's on your reading list right now?
1: Currently, I am doing a book club with my friends. We are reading The Last House Guest by Megan Miranda. I've just started that one, but it seems really good already. Another book that I've seen a lot about is A Little Life. This one is just about a study of trauma and friendship apparently really good. And I'm very excited to read this one. Another one that I have on my list is called Struggle Well. This book is based on a program, or I I guess the program is based on the book, where they talk about what it's like to go through post-traumatic stress. But instead of focusing on the stress, we're focusing on post-traumatic growth so growing and learning to struggle well and deal with all of the things that have occurred in our life that may be a little hard for us and how we can start each day just with a fresh mind and a fresh start and just do our best and do better today than we did yesterday i think that that's so important because i think you know when you when you think about
0: it and even as you're working with um with the folks in your program and you were talking about you know mental health for healthcare providers It's like everybody struggles. I mean, it's not just a certain group of people or a certain type of person. It's not limited. I just think it's part of life, ebb and flow up and down,
1: right? I don't think that it excludes anybody. Every single person has struggled through something. And if we can learn how to struggle through it well, it makes for an easier and happier time for us.
0: So are you an audiobook person or are you a hard... Back paper type of book person.
1: I am a hard back paper book type of person. I haven't tried audiobooks yet. I've heard wonderful things about them, but um, I it's just something about holding the book in your hand. I just really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of
0: books, I've been reading this book by Viktor Frankl. It's called Man's Search for Meaning, and oddly enough it too is really about struggle. So um, for for everyone out there listening, if you haven't picked up this book, I would highly recommend it. Um, Viktor Frankl was in a concentration camp and it's really his story of his time in Auschwitz. But more than that, it's about search for meaning and man's and women's search for purpose. And he says... Everyone has his own specific vocation or mission in life to carry out a concrete assignment which demands fulfillment. Therein, he cannot be replaced, nor can his life be repeated. Thus, everyone's task is as unique as his specific opportunity to implement it. And Shannon, I really think that you are on the path to implementing your own unique and specific purpose and tasks. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, your insights with us, and for sharing your gifts and your very unique life with uh, with these young nurses and with patients who have needed you along the way. You are so bright. You're like this beautiful, bright, shining light that is just making such a difference in so many lives.
1: Well, thank you so much for all of the kind things that you said. And then also having me here, I would love to share my knowledge and help anyone in any way that I can. So this has been a really great opportunity. Thank you. it has been such a pleasure
0: to speak with you. And I would just say, keep that beautiful, bright light shining. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Be sure to like the show and to subscribe. And I will see you next Friday as we talk to another woman who is doing extraordinary things. We'll see you next time.